Welcome back. Murphy Houston here on Mile High Magazine. Hope you're having a great Sunday morning. Thank you for hanging around. It's a very important time of the year, February, which we're running out of time with, but still important to talk about it being American Heart Month. And joining me is Dr. Takia Wilson, who is a public health doctor. That's a big title for you, public health official doctor. Thank you so much, Murphy, for having me on this morning. Yes, I have a doctorate of public health. I am currently the vice president of health strategies for the American Heart Association, Denver. Thank you for having me today. Well, we're glad you are here because this is an important topic and not often talked about enough, I would think, as other problems. So let's get why is it so important for us at any age, but in particular, I guess, as you get a little older, to know about your heart and heart situations that can happen, and let's get the word out. So help us. Yes, absolutely. Well, February is American Heart Month, so this is the time of the year where the American Heart Association um, really, really has um, fun and, and excitement around um, educating for heart health. And, you know, not people really know this, but Heart Month, was actually a proclamation that was issued in 1964 by former President Lyndon B. Johnson. Well, it's so been... unfortunately, yes, yes, absolutely. He actually had a heart attack, like so many millions of people in our country, and he was the first president to declare February as American Heart Month. So we have been long at it for the past 58 years, really educating communities, organizations on the prevention methods for cardiovascular disease and heart health. Well, let's talk about that. So maybe many don't know, what are the signs of a heart attack? What should we be aware of? Absolutely. Well, you know, the common signs and symptoms, um, shortness of breath, tightness in the chest, and what some people may not realize is that some symptoms may look differently in women. So women may experience nausea, jaw pain, but typically um, shortness of breath, fatigue, um, chest pains are your common signs for um, heart attacks. Wow. And and you should be aware of that because I know a lot of people and friends of mine in particular think, oh, yeah, well, that's no big deal. This this comes and goes. You shouldn't mess around with those symptoms, should you? Oh, no, absolutely. And oftentimes, you know, we kind of put the symptoms aside. You know, we're busy doing other things, Murphy. You know, we have kids, you know, full-time jobs and thinking, oh, you know, that chest pain, that that, um, tightness in my arm, it'll go away over time. And that's one thing that we definitely want to make sure that we're educating is like, don't ignore the signs and symptoms for heart attack. Take control of your life, empower yourself. And it's okay to call 911 and say, this is what's going on with me. Let me just check and make sure I'm okay. So, yes, that's very important, just recognizing those signs early on. And, and let me ask you this, too, uh, Takia. Are the symptoms and the signs the same at any age, if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and older, or do they vary as you get older? Well, that's a good question. The signs are typically the same, Um as, as any age and healthy people have tightness in breath they could be fatigued and um, the same symptoms will occur with someone in their 50s um, sweating and, and someone in the 60s and 70s um, but the most important is the distinction between the male and the female symptoms so again the nausea is sometimes what women experience in addition to chest pain and fatigue as well as jaw pain do men 
have more heart attack situations than women do, or is it equal? Or do women have more heart attack situations than men? Well, we typically see more um, heart attacks in, in men, but um, the number is on the rise for both uh, both genders. So we have to really do our part in educating um, everyone about the issues of heart disease and, and cardiovascular diseases as well. And, and how has that changed with uh, the COVID, which is still hanging out there, even though things seem to be getting better? But, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going on three years. How has that affected heart disease and strokes and the like? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we have had a, a rough two two years, uh, right, Murphy? Right. And um, we've, we've lost a lot of our rhythm. You know, cardiovascular disease is still the greatest threat, but COVID has provided so many complex um, life, life, you know, obstacles. And things like top of mind, you know, people may think about emotional wellness and um, lower physical wellness. We're really experiencing the pandemic. And heart disease rose significantly last year. So heart disease and stroke, um, one in five people reported lower physical wellness during the pandemic. And one in three people reported lower emotional wellness during the pandemic as well. Wow. And these could be factors, you know, of heart disease. I mean, if we're not exercising, if we're not feeling our best um, mentally, a lot of things can, can really transpire um, just in those two areas of wellness. Well, and, and a lot of factors, too. I mean, you're talking exercise, eating, stress, all that kind of factors in, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and one thing about exercise, um, we know that the recommendation is adults get in about 150 minutes of moderate exercise each week. Now, that sometimes can be a little challenging. Yeah. Even with me, I need to make sure I'm getting in the gym or taking a walk outside on, on our, you know, lovely day or even doing some type of um, stretching or something here in my home, but sometimes um, just that physical activity can really um, prevent long-term cardiovascular disease on, on a regular basis. Well, and plus, when you do exercise, that helps other things too. It helps your heart, but it gets that blood circulating and blood circulating through your brain. That's a good thing. All that helps. It does. Physical activity is one of the best ways to keep your body and your brain healthy. So, absolutely, Murphy, you're right about that. And that's at any age. You don't have to think, well, I'm getting to be 50 or 60. Maybe I ought to start working out. That's any age. Don't you agree? I agree. And, and the best part is to start young. So um, kids, um, you know, cousins, families, uh, it's always great to start at a, a very young age. You know, getting into the mindset and, and the pattern, the behavior of really just getting that physical activity in. I mean, it starts at a young age, and you can continue to do so many Fun things up into your um, your senior years, like golfing. You know, um, that's something that people do um, all the way, you know, to adulthood. Um, swimming and water aerobics; those are also wonderful things to keep your heart um, pumping and your brain functioning as well. Right, I agree with that. Talking with uh, Doctor Takia Wilson for the American Heart Association, and I was looking at my uh, notes today, Doc, and there's a whole push now to, I guess you call it, reclaim your rhythm. What does that all mean? What are you saying by that? Yes, now is the perfect time to reclaim my rhythm. And as I mentioned, it's been a tough two years that we've kind of kind of lost our happy. We kind of lost the 
desire, motivation to work out and, and to eat healthy. Well, this is the time, you know, to really reclaim back those healthy habits. And the Heart Association is offering five ways to reclaim your rhythm, not just during the month of February, but all year long, Murphy. So um, quickly, five things, um, mellow out. We talked a little bit about reducing stress. We know stress leads to unhealthy habits like overeating, physical inactivity, smoking, and other risk factors. Um, another one of our ways is to move to the music. Uh, we love being able to um, work out, like I mentioned, 150 minutes of moderate exercise each week. You know, when you're in the gym, put in your, put in your earbuds or iPod and, and get some music going. Really get your heartbeat and get, get that rhythm going too while you're on that treadmill or you're lifting weights. We also are really empowering people to feed your soul. So rock recipes that are heart healthy. Listeners can find recipes by visiting our recipes.heart.org site that has a lot of family uh, recipes that reduce stress, that boost self-esteem, and the whole family can be connected as they're working on um, building that, that dinner together. Two important things, um, staying on beat with blood pressure. We know that high blood pressure is something that is controllable for the most part and can really contribute to worse outcomes for people who have contracted COVID-19. So being really abreast of what your blood pressure numbers are, getting that checked regularly is really important. And last but not least, we are keeping the beat with learning hands-only CPR. So um, being able to respond to someone that has a cardiac arrest um, is really, really important. And just being able to know that there is music that can help people um, go to the beat when they're actually responding to someone that has cardiac arrest. Well, and you should. So I mean, we're really excited. Yes. The time is the essence when, calls, when it comes to responding, right? You need to do something right away. Absolutely. Absolutely. The first thing is to obviously call 911. And, and get the first responders um, there as quickly as possible and then have that um, connection, um, kind of guiding that individual during cardiac arrest and then immediately starting chest, chest compressions. Yes, time is everything. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, here's one I, I need to call, ask you, Doc, is I thought cardiac arrest and heart attack were the same, but they're not the same. Can you explain right, that? They're not the same. Yeah, they, they're used um, interchangeably, but they are really not the same, Murphy. So think of it this way. Um, a heart attack is more of an issue with the blood flow. So these um, instances, the heart is blocked, and it could be, um, yeah, you know, arteries are clogged due to cholesterol or fatty tissue. And it's a flowing problem. So it's like the plaque buildup is blocking that flow. Now, a heart, I'm sorry, um, cardiac arrest is more of an electrical problem. So this is when really, really CPR is really um, important because we want to see how we can shock the heart back in place. And you talk about AEDs and CPR. So think of the heart attack as more of a um, circulatory problem where you're trying to make sure the flow is going and the cardiac arrest is more of an electrical problem. Well, now I know the difference. Thank you for that explanation. I learned something today. Always good to learn something, for sure. So I want you to talk, and I'm sure you agree, the importance of men and women alike getting a yearly physical and having these things checked out in your heart and cholesterol and all the like. Do you agree with that? 
Absolutely. I think um, yearly physical exams are really key to helping individuals improve their health and knowing kind of what's going on with their body. Seeing your provider is, is essential and being able to communicate with them and have that time to share anything that's going on abnormally or any concerns a person might have is the best time um, to have that FaceTime and one-on-one interaction with your physician. Absolutely. And, and I agree. And some of these problems that could lead to maybe cardiac arrest or definitely a heart attack, you may not even have advanced symptoms. Like if you had high cholesterol, unless you get that stuff checked, how are you going to know? Because you don't feel anything. That's right. That's right, Murphy. So typically a blood test um, is how we detect high cholesterol and high blood pressure. And we know that as a silent killer. So if no one is collecting their blood pressure or measuring it appropriately, um, you're really not going to know you have high blood pressure, but there are often times that we have so many people and patients that are, are just living day to day with high blood pressure and they don't even know it. And they're already at risk for a cardiovascular um, disease or incident, such as heart attack or stroke. I know the the blood pressure thing's tricky too because you don't really feel that. But you can, you know, I have I bought one of those little uh, blood pressure things you have at home, and I do mine all the time just to keep me on track. That's fantastic. I love hearing that. And I love being able to share what the outcome of the reading was for patients. Um, a normal reading number, if you know this, is 120 over 80. So for a normal blood pressure reading, the top number, which we know is diastolic, has to be 120, below 120. And the bottom number is uh, diastolic has to be below 80. So that is the normal range for blood pressure. Keep that in mind for sure. Now, Doc, a lot of people want to know more. They want access to resources. Can they go to the American Heart Association? How do they do to get the information they need to get back on track if they've not been on track? Yes, absolutely. So listeners can learn more and access resources from AHA um, by visiting heart.org. Additional information and resources can also be found at our American Heart Association on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AHA Colorado, or again, by visiting heart.org. Easy enough. Thank you, Dr. Takia Wilson. I like your spirit, and I like your information all at the same time, and I know you're new to the Denver area, so welcome to Colorado. Thank you so much, Murphy. I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. Thanks for sharing some time here with us. And you too. Thanks for listening to Mile High Magazine. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we'll be back next Sunday with more.